0: Problem in the West is you're no longer open to dreams. You're going to feel things you've never felt before. Sometimes you're going to be in a worship service and God wants to overwhelm you with His presence, but you think you had some bad lasagna the night before. And you're going to be able to do things, things that you thought you could not do. You're going to be able to do them now. See, th- this is not just some kind of abstract conversation. This is a spiritual reality. Today, 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 with Jeff finds we are taking the gospel to the world. Pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. One truth that will be. Delivered in love and compassion, connecting every one person to all that God has promised them. You make me want to and sing with every single breath I bring. I will bring this up. You are my wonder. You bring the wonder. Today. 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 With Jeff Fines Hello and welcome. This is Today with Jeff Vines. My name is Bill. Thanks for joining me. We're about to continue the first message in a new series from Pastor Jeff. He's talking about death and life. He's in the book of John chapter 14, where Jesus claims He is the way, the truth and the life. Let's hear the rest of this message now with Pastor Jeff. Now, once we expose the idea that this kind of inclusivity that suggests that all ideas are equally valid and equally true is bereft of logic and practicality, then we can look at the real issue. What is the core? What is the... Yeah. It's one thing to say, okay, Christianity is coherent. Any worldview has to answer two questions. It has to, first of all, be coherent in origin, meaning, morality, destiny. That means it has to be consistent in its answer to those issues. But the second thing, any worldview, any faith system has to be existentially felt. In other words, the question is, how does that change anything? So what? So Jesus is the way to go. How does that impact my, how does that affect me? Well, the the beautiful part of this message is that the reason it's exclusive is that the gospel basically tells you that if you think you can be accepted by God on the basis of how good you are, you're in big trouble. All world religions tell you you've got to have more good than bad to be accepted before God. And if I ask people to write their names on which half of the 100% goodness and 0% goodness scale, I've never met anyone yet that put their name below the 50% mark. Why? Because the assumption is unless you have more good than bad, you're going to go to hell. Jesus comes along and says, You got it all wrong, man, because humanity's not the standard. I'm the standard. And if you got 99.9% good, you're still separated from me because I am a holy God. And what most people do is severely overestimate their own goodness and severely underestimate the holiness and goodness of God. And so Jesus comes along and says, I got good news. Now, it looks bad at first because no man or woman can measure up. I can't, you can't, no one can. But Jesus says there's another way that God is holy. And that requires him. You would expect God, if he existed, to be righteous, pure, and holy, would you not? You wouldn't expect God to struggle with sin. (laughs) You would expect that God to be a God of judgment and justice, even delayed justice, but justice nonetheless. And so the Bible tells us, you're right, God is holy, and that requires him to separate himself from all sin. The problem is, you're a sinner. Did you know that? We're sinners. We become the objects of the separation of God, not the community of God. Fortunately, the Bible says God is also love, and he wants to show us grace and mercy and forgiveness. The beauty of this is how can God meet the requirements of both sides of his nature? He can't violate one while keeping the other because he's God, he's complete, he's whole. And the answer is the, the beautiful, brilliant, in the mind of God gospel, he sends his son. His son takes all your sins, past, present, future, nails them to the cross, so the requirements of God's holiness are met. And the requirements of God's love are met as well because instead of you dying, he gave what was most precious to him so he would not lose you. He turned his back on his own son so he would never have to turn his back on you. That is the gospel. And you will find this good news nowhere in ancient history, modern history. You will find this philosophy in no other religious system that you are saved by grace because of someone who did something for you rather than you trying to be good enough to earn favor with god and the reality is if if you believe that christianity is an accurate reflection of the nature the workings the doings of god that means that all other religious systems are erroneous in their statements about god because they diametrically oppose the fundamental core of christianity now let me give you another example the quran is the only historical document that claims jesus did not die on the cross Greek, Roman, pagan, Jewish historians all agree that Jesus died historically on a cross. Only Islam denies the historical reality. In their eyes, and please excuse my attempt at humor again, I love the movie Princess Bride. In their eyes, Jesus was only mostly dead, not all the way dead. And so they deny the death of Jesus. They deny the atoning sacrifice of Jesus for sin. They deny the necessity of blood of Jesus for forgiveness. However, Our love for our Muslim brothers and sisters should increase, not decrease, right? should be no violence, no hatred. We should love all people because one and all are welcomed in. Now, are you aware, and this is what we don't hear if we don't read the right stuff, and I say the right stuff, objective journalism, which hardly ever exists anymore, but do you know that in places like Iran right now, there are hundreds of thousands coming to Christ almost every day? Did you know that? And they're coming through three avenues. One, they're discovering an incoherence. How can Allah be love and violent at the same time? Second, through dreams. The Bible says if you seek God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you're going to find him. There are plenty in Islam who are seeking God and finding him. And Jesus seems to be revealing himself through dreams. Third, through benevolence. I remember when I was in New Zealand and the tsunami, I think 2004, struck Eastern part of Asia, and so many people died. It was the Christians who came in to help the Buddhists and Muslims recover with aid and pure drinking water and food and supplies. And I remember an article in the New Zealand Auckland Herald saying something like this If it were not for the Christians, we don't know how we would have coped. This is coming from Muslims and Buddhists. So the benevolence of Christ followers, dreams, the incoherence of love and violence, thousands. In countries that have previously been Buddhist or Hindu or Muslim, thousands are coming to Christ. Sheikh Hussein, who is the leading Shiite cleric in Damascus, after a three-hour conversation with a Christian apologist, very amicable conversation, the crowd's listening, very amicable conversation. Finally, at the end of it, Sheikh Hussein, the leading Shiite cleric in Damascus, said, you know, professor, I think the time has come for we in the Islamic world to stop asking if Jesus died and start asking why. And the Christian apologist said, can I quote you on that? And he said, yes, you can. Now, there are so many other things, but you have to understand that if it's true that you are separated from God because of your sin, then you're gonna need an atonement. Someone is gonna have to pay the penalty for your sin. And there's only one who offers you that. And there's only one who rose from the dead to give you objective proof that you can trust him. Okay, Pastor Jeff, I got it. Stay with me here. Got to go fast now. This is the part you'll like. Perhaps the greatest message that Jesus offers is he tells you that when you receive him as Savior and Lord, that the power and the Holy Spirit of God comes into your life. Nobody else offers you this and changes the way you think and what you see and how you feel and what you're able to do. In fact, I've worded it like this. Number one, only Jesus fulfills the deepest longings of the human heart. Again, I love my wife. My wife loves me, but there is a love she can't give me, and there is a love I cannot give her, and I'm still looking for it, and you find it only in Christ, an unconditional love, an unconditional acceptance, an unconditional support. When Jesus dies for your sins, it clears the path. You understand It clears the path. You are clean and pure because your sins have been forgiven. And in that kind of house, Jesus can come and live. And when he comes into your life to live as the comforter, the paracletos, the one who comes alongside of, then you have a love that never fades, an acceptance that's not based on your performance, and a significance that nothing in this world can ever give you. Do you remember the Acts 7 Stephen story? And when Stephen is dying, he looks up and he sees Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father, not seated like we usually find Jesus, but Jesus is standing in the throne room of God, which is symbolic that Jesus is an advocate for Stephen. He's the ultimate balcony person. He's saying, come on, Stephen, you can do it. My presence is in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's what Christ offers you. You're not alone in this. Why does that matter? Why does that matter so much? Well, first again, no other faith system offers you the internal presence of the spirit of God. And by the way, logically speaking, come on now, it's possible if God exists, he would not be limited by anything he himself has created. Time and space are a creation of God, which means God is not limited by time and space, which makes it possible for God, if he really exists, to be in every single one of our lives at the same time. He can be helping me at the same time he's helping you and so we need a god like that because every single day of your life there are people all around you sticking a hose in your tank taking a deep breath and trying to siphon all the fuel right out of you and it drains your life man come on there are people all around you they're 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 joy challenged remember they're dream squashers (laughs) fault finders we call them basement people And we call them that because they're people who create slow leaks in your balloon and try to drag you down into the dungeon. And they're all around you. They don't mean to do this, but that doesn't matter. They still do it. You're in desperate need of balcony people, people who will fill your tank, people who cause you to breathe a little bit easier and who breathe life into you. And this is what the Bible says happens in God's community that we're filled with the Spirit of God and then we become the community of God and then. We're each other's greatest cheerleaders and encouragers. But more than that, the Bible tells us that there is one who is the ultimate balcony person, and that's Jesus himself, who stands at the right hand of the Father, cheering you on and giving you something special that we're going to mention just in a moment. But the first thing, the, the deepest cry of the human heart is to not be alone. And Jesus offers you this prevailing presence in your life. Now, stay with me brings me to the second one. Only Jesus gives a satisfactory answer to the most troubling question of our lives. And this goes back to nobody else gives you a satisfactory explanation for the pain and the suffering and the reality. I'm sorry that sometimes your life just sucks. Come on. Nobody else even addresses it. Dr. John Polkinghorne, my favorite illustration, quantum physics. So, he's not lacking in any mental capacity here. At Cambridge University, he teaches quantum physics. And he says, you know, the uh, relationship between the expansion and contraction of the universe in the early picoseconds, a picoseconds is the time it takes something traveling the speed of light to cross a hair's breadth. So, he said, the relationship between the expansion and contraction of the early moments of the universe required such design and fine-tuning that it would be like you and me taking a bow and arrow and shooting at a one-inch target 20 billion light years across the universe and hitting it every time. And Dr. Polkinghorne said, you know, when I realized that, how God could take the chaos of the early stages of the universe, chaotic, and bring beauty and pattern and design into it, how much more then can God Take the chaos of your life and bring beauty and pattern and design into it. See, we've said numerous times that we are people of the cross, and that means what? It means that it's possible for you to be in the worst place of your life and be in the center of the will of God at the same time, because only God can connect all the dots, and only he knows how he's going to use all of these things for his glory, and ultimately, ultimately, he has his best intentions for you. No other faith system offers you that. Yes, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but we do not walk alone. And we may not have an exhaustive understanding of everything that we suffer, but the one thing we do know because of who Jesus is and what he's done is that you have the spirit of God living on the inside of you to give you the right word at the right time, to give you power when you need it. And even though there are many Christians that will never discover this, it is real. It is a present reality. And those who do, it changes absolutely everything. And then third, only Jesus gives an objective proof of future hope. I love this statement. I love the attitude with which a Christian can live. Remember, I think I shared with you that uh, a lady called in on a radio program in New Zealand once and said, Pastor Jeff, I I like to listen to you talk and I, I think you're a good guy, but there's no objective proof whatsoever that anything's gonna happen after we die. And I always like to bring in the example that Paul uses as he employs the environmental sciences of 1 Corinthians 15. And he says, you know, We understand so much about the universe, but there's so much we don't understand. For instance, how is it that a seed goes down into the ground, dies, decomposes, and springs forth into a beautiful apple tree? We know that it does happen. How it happens, we don't know. And Paul says, look at that example in agriculture. So we don't know how, but based on the resurrection of Jesus, which is a historical reality, you and I can know that we're going to go down into the ground, die, decompose, but we're going to spring forth into beautiful new life. And Paul says the latter life is far more glorious than the former life. And that's why we say around here, Jesus does something special for us. He gives us a constant vacation attitude. And we use the example of how if you know you're going on vacation on Monday and you're at work on Friday, it's amazing what you can tolerate. I mean, you, you, people can say things, dude, doesn't matter. Lunch can be bad, doesn't matter. The boss can yet, because in your mind you're thinking, that's, do whatever you want, man, because I'm out of here on Monday. I'm on Miami Beach you know? And so we live with that attitude as Christ followers. Yes, the world's going to throw stuff at us constantly, but our attitude is, go ahead, give me your best shot, because I'm going to be out of here someday, and I'm going to live with Jesus in eternity because of what he did on the cross. You and I know that as beautiful and wondrous as this world really is, that it's tainted by sin. The oceans are beautiful, but they can kill you. The mountains are gorgeous. They can kill you. The elements all around you can can bring joy to your life, but they can also bring your life to an end. But the king is going to return one day. And what he started as a deposit in each of us through his Holy Spirit, he's going to bring to completion. And that's why Revelation 21 says, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Folks, listen. Do you know what the deepest desire of humanity really is? Hope, hope. The difference between the Christian faith and every other faith system is that the hope we have is based on an objective historical reality of the resurrection. We don't just shout platitudes at each other. We shout truth to each other. And we know that truth is objectively supported by the historical person of Jesus Christ. No other faith system gives you that. And then finally, only Jesus has the power to transform lives. Now, please hear me on this. There are people in this room right now, there's some addiction in their life that's stuck to them like Velcro. It's sucking the life right out of them. Their souls are disintegrating. By the way, everybody has an addiction. You have something in your life to distract you from the things you really should be thinking about. Unfortunately for this generation, for most of you, it's your phone. You can't put it down because it somehow distracts you from having to think about what your life is really like right now. That's why you don't put it down at the table to talk to your parents or your friends. Conversation. That's why we're all getting more and more isolated from each other because we don't want to deal with reality the Bible tells you, you don't have to be that way. And I know you Star Trek fans are going to love this. Do you remember? I think it was at the Wrath of Khan. Somebody will clear this up later. (laughs) But do do you remember the Genesis effect? And in the Genesis effect, they would shoot a torpedo into a planet that would reorganize matter and then create habitable worlds for colonization. Well, Jesus comes along and he says, not only am I going to give my life for yours to make you pure and clean, but I'm going to inject my life into you. I am going to spiritually inject a spiritual torpedo and I'm going to reorganize you and I'm going to raise you from the dead and you're going to walk a new life and you're going to be able to hear me. I say this and sometimes when you say it too often, you stop thinking about it. Jesus tells you that you're going to see things you've not seen before. See, the problem in the West is you're no longer open to dreams. You're going to feel things you've never felt before. Sometimes you're going to be in a worship service and God wants to overwhelm you with his presence, but you think you had some bad lasagna the night before. And you're going to be able to do things, things that you thought you could not do. You're going to be able to do them now. See, this is not just some kind of abstract conversation. This is a spiritual reality that is to be felt. Jesus says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And let me tell you something. The only hope for every person in this room is that spiritual torpedo in your life that gives you the power the power. And when, as soon as you start to realize you don't have to live this defeated life, as soon as you truly realize that and believe it, things will change. Until then, it's like a treasure. It's like, it's like somebody who buried uh, a million dollars in your backyard, and every day you walk over it, but you never dig it up. You've got to have your eyes open. Some of you should be praying, God, I don't understand, but open my eyes to the power that is in me. Let me end. I've told you this story before, but you know, that's the beauty of getting older. You can't remember if you've told it and where you told it. (laughs) So in your mind, you feel pretty good about it. Hey, let me tell you a story you've never heard, but it's appropriate. It is because the only hope you have and the only hope this world has is Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And let me tell some of you who think that the political situation is the end of everything. You're, you, you're, you got too much, you have way too much confidence in men and governments. Something that goes far beyond that. So Ravi Zacharias, I told you when we met in Atlanta, reiterated the story of where he got to meet with Sheikh Halal, who's one of the founders of Hamas. And they each got to ask a question, but they couldn't present a rebuttal, so they each asked a question and then he answered it. Now he's, Remember, this guy's responsible for who knows how many deaths by suicide bombings. Why Ravi was invited was a miracle, but he was there. So they're all leaving. He's walking out. God positions him beside Sheikh Sheikhalal on the way to the car. And Ravi said, I don't know what came over me, but he does. It's a spiritual torpedo that that went into him years ago that gives him the right word at the right time to influence the world. Same one you have. And he said, I looked at Sheik, and I said, Sheik, do you mind if I mention something? to you?" Sheik said, no, of course not, Dr. Zechariah. What is it? He goes, Sheik, not too far from where we are on a mountain, Abraham took his son Isaac. Now, you say it's Ishmael. We say it's Isaac, but it doesn't matter for this point. Abraham took the son on the mountain and was going to sacrifice him, and the knife started to come down, and do you remember what happened? He said, yeah, God, Allah, stop the knife. Yeah, but what happened next, Dr. Zechariah said. He said, well, what happened next is, he said, God will provide a lamb. So he knew, Sheikh Sheikh knew the story. Ravi said, not too far from that mountain is another mountain. And on that mountain of Golgotha, God was bringing the knife down on his own Son, but this time he didn't stop it because Jesus is the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. And then he looked at Sheikh Halah and he said, Sheik, until we receive the son that God himself has offered, you and I will keep offering our sons and daughters on the battlefields of this world for land and power. The point is, the only thing that can overcome hate is a stronger love. And the only way you can have a stronger love that overwhelms your hate is if you have the love of God in you which happens when the Spirit of God comes on the inside to live. Jesus pragmatically is the only hope for this world, but spiritually speaking, the changing, the transformation of who we are inside can only happen when God comes from the outside in to change not only what you do, but what you want to do. And that's why Jesus is the only way to God. And one and all are welcomed to the table. But it's Jesus' table and no one else's. Father, I thank and praise you for the reality of Christ and what he's done for us. And I, I pray that this church, no matter where she goes in the future, would continue to honor that, that we will honor it as we go forward on my watch, as we go forward on those who will come after me in the future. I pray that this thing will always be central, be core, be fundamental, that Jesus died for us, and his death makes us pure, that God may enter in, so that all who call on the name of the Lord may be saved. In Christ's name. You've been listening to Today with Jeff Vines. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this just search for Today with Jeff Vines wherever you get your podcasts. You make me want to chase and sing with every single breath I bring. I will bring this up. You are my wonder. You wink a wonder. Today. 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 With Jeff Vines.